Trini, it honestly seems like a million years ago that I remember when you sort of were around and we'd bump into each other at events and things, I was always slightly scared of you. Oh, I was always slightly scared of you. Everyone always says that though. And I think that's kind of one of the traits about entrepreneurs is like we put up a guard and Mm. so we come across as being quite sort of angry or whatever, but underneath we're just like being slightly protective. That's true, Um, true. And it's, I always sort of think about what you and Susanna did at that time. When I look back at it now, at the time, I remember watching it and looking at what you were doing and thinking it was great. But I didn't really understand at the time actually quite how advanced you were in what you were doing because I'm a woman's woman. I love women, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I love talking to women. I'm always there for women. I always share what I do with women. But what you did in in a way with Susanna was to really like was so much more advanced it's almost like you were doing what Instagram does today but then and basically um, stripping yourself down to your to almost being naked in a mm. way to try and I think I mean you might say different to make fe- people feel very um, at ease to be mm. able to talk about how they looked I think that's such a nice way to look at it it's not the way everyone looks at it because some people you know I'll read articles today or or get a google alert and and it would just say oh not like when Trini and Susanna tore into these women and I just remember always at the time thinking you know every single woman that we did had some shift and it might have been an outward shift or an inward shift but there was a shift yeah so I did think to myself I loved so much doing that show and then the consequential shows we did not in England where, mm. where they in a way it got sort of a softer conversation but it was always so important that if you wanted any woman to be vulnerable you yourself must be vulnerable too yeah. because to expect a woman to go on that journey alone is really unsupportive so I think we always did do that in the show and Susanna did it one way and I did it another but that's so advanced because if you kind of fast forward to where we are today and we'll come to your success now. Partly, I think the success of people on social media, which we'll also come to, is when you are honest. Mm. You know, you're not caked in makeup, you're not dressed to the nines, you're talking, you're crying, you're, you're like giving up all your emotions so that people can connect to that. And in a way, you were kind of, that's what I mean, so advanced in your way of thinking. So I think if anyone writes anything sort of derogatory about what you did, I just think it's it's wrong because I think what you did was very forward thinking. But did it when you did it, did you expect it to be as successful or was it just a passion that kind of just happened? Well, it started out of the column we used to tell column I remember, for the Telegraph. Yeah. And in that column at the time, there was no way you could go and get instant fashion and everything was made. You know, if the high street made it, they made it for Vogue and it was never put in yeah. produ- production. So there was a real dissatisfaction when you read any magazine that it would relate to these beautiful models or whatever, but it didn't bring it back down to what can I buy. Yeah. And so the column, you know, came from that. And I think in that journey, we always were wanting to be honest and we would say what we love and what we loathed you know we did kind of say write little letters to Karl Lagerfeld saying how can you sell a plastic brooch with two c's on it for 1700 pounds you know did he respond no I think that I mean I I always remember at fashion shows and I hated going to fashion shows because I felt they were about the fashion you? you know hated them uh six months time 
And so I never really wanted to go, but we were invited a lot because I think when that show grew, it grew slowly. You know, we had, we did one book before the show, which mm. sold 13,000 copies called Ready to Dress. We did a tiny show with Granada called Girls Who Shop, which was shot in our own homes with our a budget of 500 pounds watched by three people. And then we did an internet company, which was way too early um, to do it. Just not the traction online, but a, an idea that's kind of, out there now in many guises and then we got a call from the BBC because we'd done a pilot and they said do you want to you know we we they'd followed our um column and they wanted to do something with it so we'd kind of devise what not to wear and then that happened and then it was it was the first season did well and then we went on to BBC one for the second season then we had a book come out which went to number one so from that moment three years in from that journey then suddenly you know, we sold 47,000 copies of but a book it, a but week. It, but it at the beginning, did you think, I know this is going to be okay? Or no, were you because nervous? I never lived... Then I lived more in the future and present. Now I live in the present and... The, I mean, the, the past and the, and the right, present. Right, okay. And now I live in the present and the future. Right. So I think I... Like Suzanne and I, whenever we were interviewed, would say we never had an end game, that this is what we want to achieve. It just, each year things happened and it evolved and we went with that evolution. Mm. Um, I think now I have actually more of a focus, but then I didn't. It, it just, what happened, and then we somebody will call and say, why don't you do this? And we'll go, yeah, that sounds great, and, let's and do that. And it is and was Susanna your best friend? Susanna before the show wasn't. Right. Or before we started writing together wasn't. But you knew each other. We knew each other. We, you know, we were both knew David, her boyfriend, and so we were at a dinner party and 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 kind of met and we were like two cats going around each other you know probably quite similar but just being a bit you know like this and then a very good mutual friend called Victoria Cater said um you both keep winching to me that you want to change your career path I think you should meet and chat and we met and chatted and Susanna after said can I take your idea which is this idea for the newspaper and I she called me on the next day and said can I take your idea uh if you're not doing anything with it and I said no you can't but we can do it together (laughs) and from that we became best friends you know we shared more with each other than probably with our partners yeah Mm. and you're a woman's woman was it intentional or or is that just I just am that woman that you are I I found it always incredibly difficult in my life to flirt I'm not a good flirt with men I never know quite how to flirt I've always felt either too spotty or too tall or I haven't had tremendous confidence you know in relationships when I was younger um and it's that outward inward thing Kelly so you know from the outside people might have just thought I was a sort of you know relatively glamorous thing but inside I was all permanently cringing in my 20s oh yes because you always came across as like the most confident you used to sort of swan into a room you know you were all you were always the tallest everything about you was immaculate you know so for me I I, I got a completely different... But that um, was later, I'm talking about in my 20s. So I didn't right, start to okay. do what not to wear till I was 33. Yeah. And when you got signed up for the TV show, was that like, did you kind of go, yes, that, yes, we've done it? You I know, like remember. You can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Too long ago. But I think we probably, you know, things, you know, when you look back, they seem far more kind of, wow. But I think probably, you know, they had some calls. We did a pilot. We didn't hear back for six months. Suddenly then... I came back from some retreat I'd done in Arizona and I had been closing the internet company and feeling a bit flat and Susanna was off having her second baby and they called. I mm. remember that actually. And they called and I was just like, 
And I remember thinking to myself, before I went away and I'd had to make redundant 60 women, you know, it was a really tough thing. And I'd felt very alone doing it because Susanna was, you know, just about to drop. And I felt very depleted. And, and I really thought, what can I do next? And what experience do I have to do anything? You know, it took away all my confidence. And even though we were still writing the column for the Telegraph, um, this internet thing I'd, I'd been all consumed by. It was, you know, I started in 99. It was just, I raised seven million pounds in three months and well, hired people very quickly. I mean, you know, the very fact you came up with an idea that was way before its time yeah. is a massive tick. The fact you raised that kind of money is a massive tick. Mm. But what I'm interested in, and I, you know, talk to so many women, and, and I, I, the same with me, is people look at women and think, oh, they've got it all, they're successful, they've got this, they've got that. But, you know, the very fact you've been honest enough to say you felt depleted, you felt low, you had to do all of those things, you know, your dream, however you want to, you know, describe it, was suddenly crushed. Yeah. I mean, that is like the, the feeling you get in your stomach. It's not only about you and your, you know, credibility and it's how you feel. It's yeah. about all the other people you've let down. But from that you've obviously learned a lot. So my big thing is yes. you learn from failure. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a bit about that. I think the f that what I learned from that, I have brought into my life today. So it didn't go into the next thing I did, which was the telly, because it had nothing to do with the telly. Mm. But it, it was a lot to do with how I was as a businesswoman. And, and your self-worth and personal. My self-worth. Yeah. My, my also, I had become a real workaholic. I literally, I remember Susanna on, after her first baby was sort of, I, I, it was 8.15. I said, where are you? She said, I'm feeding my baby. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was just the worst. The worst. But and you then, still like that. No, I'm, I, I, learnt, I have learnt so much. But then <laughs> I was definitely like that, Kelly. And I remember somebody came round to, I used to have these dinners at my house, like Jenny, our friend, met her husband there. Lots of people met their partners at my dinners. And I had on the desk this printout of my day. And I remember... You know, somebody picked it up and said, Trini, are you insane? I mean, I literally had like 20 meetings a day. Like there was this, this mad diary. And I and I became, you know, obsessive. Obsessive. And also I remember, I do remember, I'd go to dinners and that was all I could talk about. Mm. I became probably a very boring person mm. um, because sometimes when you're not that workaholic, you you just are more entertaining to sit and talk to. When, when you live and breathe that you're not and I but I it's think becoming a it's you know it's finding that balance between being addicted to something like work and mm. what you do and finding that balance and I've found over the years the older that I've got and the wiser I've become I'm happier now than I've ever been but I think it's because I've worked through you know things in my life mm -hmm. where you get to a point where you can stop and count to 10 and say now how am I going to deal with that mm -hmm. how do I want to feel today like, yeah, I want to feel happy, but I'm going to come across shit all the time. Yeah. But I'm going to deal with it in a way that I can process it. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that, you know, obviously your journey and everything you've done, but do you think the older you've got, like I feel, you, you manage to process it and you're, you're not living in fear of something going wrong. You're just going, stuff is going to happen, but... I'm going to get through it and I'm going to work out how to deal with it. And therefore, everything becomes a lot calmer. Not totally in that position, no. Because I, I feel the part of me is very stimulated by that, by that feeling. It's not like it's an addiction. But I, 
I'm not calm in how I execute my work. I'm quite obsessive, I'm compulsive, I'm inspiring for my team, I'm tough on my team, and I always want to think, what can we do even better? That's just how I am, Kelly. And so for me, there might be occasional times when I will think, okay, let me just, I know this is going to be fine, but that's just not my character, no. Do you ever relax? Um, I do, probably about... I relax maybe, (laughs) no, I relax maybe, I'm going to be really honest, I relax half a day a week. That's it? Yeah. So weekends you don't shut down? Not totally, no. No. Because... Do you sleep? Yes, I do. I do sleep. (laughs) Um, But I... I think I notice that I need to do this more because I... I... You know, I, I was... I remember I went away with Lila for three days skiing, but I hadn't been away on holiday for nine months. And that's quite a long time when you kind of, you know, I think the other thing as well is the business is doing well Mm. right now, but there is, I live slightly in that, you know, and and a few people around me saying, Trini, do you realize how well the business is doing? You know, so I think I'm living slightly with that memory of, is it doing, you know, there's that slightly there. And I'd like to grow into the fact that I should let wash over me more mm. that the business is performing really well and that's probably what I find hardest to grapple with right now but you can do it I'm sitting here thinking I could sit with you for half an hour I could get your mind into that you know you've I walked in and was like blown away I had actually no idea I thought we were just coming to a small office mm. you know I've obviously watched you on Instagram I'm proud even though I don't know you very well I'm proud of what you've done and achieved um but I think in life, there needs, you know, I'm manic, don't get me wrong. Like, I run I a big are, business. Yeah, yeah. But I have kind of learned to find that balance. And I've found that if I don't have that balance, yeah. that time off, um, and I'm sure everyone will say, oh, Kelly, you don't. But you've got to find that because yeah. otherwise you don't have anything to gauge by. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but, it's, what, but what I do do, and it might seem crazy, because I think in my life I've gone out so much. I've traveled so much. You know, I spent five years before I started this business going on about 65 planes a year filming around the world. And I, I have done enough traveling. You know, I, I don't need to travel that much for the sake of traveling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't go out. So I do everything in the day. And then at seven o'clock when I get home or 7.30, I get into bed. Oh, I love that. And I don't I, get me I wrong. But, I, but I, so I couldn't do this and, and have go a social life at social night life. so my social yeah. life might be in the day I'll kind of make sure that once a month I'll have lunch with a girlfriend and you know I'll have or have breakfast so I'll probably do two girly things a month mm. and then maybe one other thing so do you know whatever works for you yeah. listen you've created this so how do you gauge success is it money turnover size audience it's I think audience for me in terms of how many women can I reach reach inspire make feel better about themselves and the more i can gauge that the more i feel that reverberates it's like when you look at the golden circle when you look at you know how you judge what you're selling it's like apple weren't selling a laptop they were selling a way of life and Mm. and the product that happened to be in that was the laptop or the phone so my kind of feeling and that's where i think i've shifted is i think i'm Wanting desperately and ev- not desperately, I, I, I in everything I do, whether it's Trini London and it's buying a product, or whether it's listening to 
um, uh, you know, a podcast or watching me on social media, that a woman can feel inspired or full of energy or think, you know, yes, I'm going to make that little shift to myself today. Mm. And so if I'm in Kathmandu and a woman comes up and says, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I then feel... you feel you've reached somebody. I feel that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. that. Mm. And um, tell me just quickly how you came to this product... Like, what, how did that, you know, how did it happen? I was still filming. Um, we weren't filming What Not To Wear, but we were filming shows that we filmed all around Europe and India and Australia and everywhere. And I would always take my makeup and put them in sort of Muji things. And I would always mix things. I'd mix formulas, I'd mix colors. So whenever you would kind of look at my makeup, you wouldn't uh, recognize it because it would be a mixture. a mixture of things. And I was always very obsessed also with um, not using powder. I always felt that to use cream-based products on any age group just gave skin. And, mm. and I think I've always loved makeup where you don't see the strength of the makeup first you see a woman's you know skin and how well it looks and how well she looks mm. I think that's what makeup personally I think that's what makeup should do for a woman and so I would you know have this stack and be in bathrooms around the world and you know women will come and say what's that and I'll go that's my makeup bag and they go you know where can I buy it and that thing of when you're you know not doing the entrepreneurial thing that you should be doing um you kind of kick yourself and think one day I'll do it and we got to a stage with TV that we were not flavor of the month anymore and we'd done you know five seasons in Sweden and three in Australia and, and it was just like now they wanted the next thing mm. so things were dying down from me filming nine and a half months a year I was getting maybe two contracts a year Susanna wanted to write a book and it was like things shifted mm. it was like this is the time you've mm -hmm. got to do it so I then told a woman who was the head of Beauty Mintel and I said I've got this idea and she without telling me went off to her kind of database of future things and she came back to his later she said Trini you know five of the things you're doing are, are, are like the main trends for and I hate trends by the way uh, yeah. for the next few years but you know personalization portability um, cream based products premiumness all of these things and you should do it and I was going to put money into a beer company and SEIS but I'll put it into you so she did and then Lila my daughter's godfather I was telling him about another business I was thinking about and at the very end I told him about the the stack Trini stacks and he sent me an email the next day he said Trini your eyes lit up when he talked about that with a passion I didn't see you talk about in the other one why aren't you doing that one you know and then I these are two people one wasn't a good friend Jane was more somebody I knew for the school gate but brilliant businesswoman and Ramsey was a really good friend so I thought okay I gotta do it and then I spent um, a year getting the formulations right, looking at the um, the, the stack, uh, working that out. There were like a let you know this yeah, one. Yeah. You do prototypes. The first prototype came back, and I cried. It was so shitty, <laughs> you know. And then eleven prototypes later, I got the the stack, and it snaps beautifully, and the cap is perfect, and you know all this stuff. Um, and then my money ran out so because I, I spent all the money on that. And I was in a house that was too expensive. I'd taken out a really big mortgage. I had um, separated from my partner. Um, he died as well. Yeah, so there was a, just a lot, a lot went on. on. And there was this moment when I um, was... It was at the a funeral, Johnny's funeral afterwards. And two very good friends were sitting on the sofa with me. And they said, Trini, you know... Is this the time you should be taking such a risk? Lila is 10, 11, no, then 11 and a half. Um, and 
you know, really should you be looking at just providing security for Lila and, and finding a job where you can do that. And so I didn't say anything to them at the time and I went to bed that night and I thought, you know, I kind of should do that. It would be good to do that. But, but first can't. of all, first of all, also, who would employ me, Kelly? Because I don't, I haven't got like, I haven't been to Oxford. I don't have a degree. You know, my qualification is in a, is in a, a job I've carved out, which only I can do. Yeah. Um, and also, could I really put my head on the pillow age 70 and think I never tried that? So then I called them up the next morning and I said, look, I thank you so much for your counsel, but I've decided I'm going to do it. And then when I did my round and I had Unilever Ventures come in, a few others, and they came in and they invested as well. Um, How amazing, yeah, So, it, But I it was that, that you know, there was that moment when I really, and then I kind of had, you know, I, I went to my house out. I then, it was that m- few months where I was looking at all the bills thinking, okay, forget having a dog walker anymore. I don't need to buy that. I don't need to buy that. And really cutting down, cutting down, cutting down. Um, and then when I was starting the business, I was in this very small two-bedroom little house and I was renting out the other one to just pay for me so that I could continue working. But I think it's so great. I mean, what it shows and what I always find in, in women that succeed is it's the passion, the drive, mm. the fire in the belly. You you can't sleep another night without trying. You know, it's that it's just out of control passion, but in a positive way. And, you know, be, and, and also the belief that you can do it, because mm-hmm. I believe that you can't do something if you don't believe it yourself, because otherwise, who else is going to? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've always, you know, watched with you is your you know with even with all the the tragedy and trauma and everything that you've gone through um you're always you seem very upbeat Mm -hmm. in in your voice now i know this sounds stupid but a tone of someone's voice is is really important Uh, i hate my voice but people always say it's very soothing i can't i always think it sounds like the queen mother but it's like do you know what I mean? But like when you mother. talk, you've got a very soothing voice. So immediately when, when I see you and you pop up on my Instagram, I'm completely like enthralled by what you're doing and you're in your bathroom and then you've got the other girl there and everything. But you you also have the humour with it. Mm. And it sort of comes into my, my next question is that, I mean, Instagram is almost made for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like somebody's like wrapped it up and with a big ribbon and gone, Trini, this is for you. Because if you look at everything that you've done, mm. which you hadn't planned, but the sort of evolution of what you've done, and even, you know, the, the sadness that you've gone through, as I say, I always think those things make you stronger mm. or they might get you to look at something in a very different way. I always say you've got, you know, that sliding doors. Do I go down that mm-hmm. or there, mm-hmm. you know? I have this ability to visualize the future. I always have. I've been like a child that I can make believe and make it real. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone will say something to me and I will visualize what happens in that day mm-hmm. if I did it that way or that way. Mm-hmm. I can actually see it. And that's often my choice. So like when Instagram came along, was it a nerve wracking thing to sort of be in front of, you know, how do you work it, do it? Because it was very much like, holding holding it right and doing yeah. it in a very sort of organic way how soon after did you realize that that was almost your golden ticket into this business i didn't see it ever as seeing where the future would take me on it but i think that 
everyone was doing photographs on Instagram and I always you know I remember I was in Israel filming something and this guy said you must do Instagram and I was taking photographs and I felt it's also posed you Mm, know mm. I just didn't like that kind of thing and then I went to a meeting at Facebook for something I think they were just starting I don't know I went for something and and this guy said look you should just go home and just put your phone up and I can show you how to do a Facebook live and um, I think you you would enjoy it so I just remember I put my phone up on the wall and I just this is like 2014 and I just started you know just chatting and then all these little women would say oh is that Trini from Trini Susanna or which one are you or Trini how are you I'm in Brazil and I thought oh my god and so I just started I said oh hi ladies and I literally said well let me tell you what's in my bathroom right now because I don't know what else to talk about and I just started chatting and chatted for 40 minutes I mean I never know when to stop and um and I saw, you know, there were a few thousand people who watched. I thought, that's unbelievable. And I thought, let me just now do... And then Instagram allowed you to do films. So then I started doing Instagram um, films. And I just so enjoyed it so much more. And I have a rule that I never do a second take, ever. I mean, only if somebody dropped some water or the sound was bad. Otherwise, it is what it's it is. Be, and it's yeah, got to so be what it is. And so I started to do just whatever I felt like you know and and no rhyme reason no editor editing me and then the turning point so this was just you know building up a nice audience but then Instagram TV came on and it gave you the opportunity to do more than a minute and everyone talks about the importance of short-form content if people don't have an attention span I always feel if the content's good enough they'll listen for a while it doesn't matter what platform it's on I just do not agree with that principle so I um Literally, IGTV had come out for two weeks, and I just started doing these quite long films. And I think I was one of the first people in the UK doing that, and they hadn't given it to anyone. And but at this point, you weren't selling anything. No, I, no, just... I was, I was selling because already Trini London had launched. So, so I think in the but lead. But what up, I mean is, you didn't have the product. No, I had the product when well, Instagram did. TV launched because it launched about a year and a half ago. Okay. Instagram TV or two years ago, maybe. But um, yeah, I think. It had already, because I'm just thinking of the members of my team who we were talking it through with. But when I had, you know, the lead up to, going back to your question, all right, so where I did find it really useful is before I launched Trini London, I started talking about my philosophy around makeup. And I'd always just talk about, think about your skin, hair and eye, think about personalization, think about the balance of makeup, think about, do you want to see your skin? Think about not covering up everything and using different people's products, but knowing that I was developing this range and knowing that I was bringing these products to it. But you didn't tell anyone. No, I didn't tell right. anyone. A lot of people when I launched didn't know if I'd launched skincare or makeup because I talk a lot about skincare as well. So then when we launched, you know, I remember that day we had tremendous sales because it was like also for those ladies, you know, all those things I've been talking about, suddenly there was a the solution. But I think that was quite clever because I do remember, I don't know why, suddenly seeing on Instagram that you had a product and I was like holy how did that happen yeah you know because a lot of people when they're when they're when they're creating something they can't help but sort of talk about Mm -hmm. it and it's coming up soon or whatever so I think in a way that was quite clever because suddenly it was like da da it's here and Mm -hmm. then of course there's that thing of not wanting to miss out and everyone's going to buy it yeah so I think it's very clever um 
Do you have a mentor? Oh, two things. I was going to say, what did your, how does your daughter feel about what you've done? Because I see that sometimes she's in She's the, sometimes in it. Is she that sort of daughter, like most daughters that go, oh, mum, you know. She's sort of like, at the very beginning of it, she didn't mind at all. Occasionally now she might, oh, you know. But then she'll do it with me or we'll do TikToks or whatever we might do. But she's very grown up, Lila, in some ways. And she's not, I don't know why it is, Kelly. Is she, I mean, is it all going to come belly up you know it, but at the moment she's fantastic and yeah. she's 16 and she's not a terrible 16 year old she's a really great 16 year old she's got a lovely set of friends she's incredibly happy at her school Good. everything I could wish for yeah. is in her life right now and she has unlike me at that age an amazing self-confidence mm. and I think that's because she didn't fight for attention with many brothers and sisters and yeah. be you know have a slightly di- she has a very different upbringing from the one I had so and a great mum well we have a good relationship yeah. which is good yeah. and so who mentors you then um there's certain women I admire uh and when I won this Nat West award for entrepreneur of the year or or I can't remember yeah entrepreneur entrepreneur of the year I think and Chrissy Rucker mm. um, who you know very yeah, well yeah. Um, a part of the prize was to have a number of sessions with her and I'd met her before and then with Mary her CEO just over some stuff so that was kind of great and she, it's a very different business the white company mm. from my business um, but I had some sessions with her and her head of design and my CEO had a session with her director of finance. So that was kind of fantastic just to see a business at a much greater scale mm. um, and different because she never decided to get investment because she went, you know, she started when she was sort of 20 something and, and it's grown to this incredible success mm. story over 20 years. Whereas I started later and I want to really grow my business very quickly. So taking investment enables you to do that. And so that's probably where the difference, but just her calmness, her, you know, she has some fantastic um, advice that I've heard from her. Anya Heinrich is another one too. I was going to say, Anya, there are two things about Anya. I remember being away for the millennium. Uh, I think it was a millennium. We were staying at um, Elton's home Mm. and I think it was then, and she must have been pregnant and I remember her getting her diary up for something. She went, yeah, baby's due on Wednesday, so 10 days I'll be back at work. Yeah, we can have the meeting then. I remember looking around thinking, I thought I was like really, she was like boom, boom, boom. So I was thinking of that earlier. Yeah. Um, but you, something just triggered in my mind. Like I started a business at 16 and a half and has been a cell phone. I've never taken investment. Mm. What is it like to take investment? Is it scary? Do you feel that... Does that does that add another aspect of worry because someone is invested in you rather than it's yourself investing in yourself, if you know I what I mean? I think I'm investing myself anyway um, by how I am in the business. So I feel there is my own investment in there. Um, taking money has enabled me to get to where I want to get to quicker. Um, you know, we did five times revenue last year. We've grown very, very quickly. Mm. And it's been a great investor. So we had Unilever Ventures come in on the first round. But I think the most poignant investments to me are when I was doing that first proper round, a girlfriend who I had um, gone to see her husband about investing and he decided not to. And she called me up and said, I've got £50,000 of savings, but I believe in you, Trini, and I want to invest. And I was so reticent to take it because you know her too. Um, Because um, 
I felt such a sense of responsibility. And, you know, although I had other friends who had invested, and it was, you know, for each of them, it's a serious investment. With her, it was, you know, she is one of my oldest friends. Mm. But I did take it. And I, I, and when I took it, I don't know even if I needed that extra 50 because I was raising two and a half and I think I was nearly there. But I took it and, you know, she's now eight times the value of what it was then, you know. But it's, it's, that probably was, and she's so excited by seeing that growth. You know, she has, she's with somebody, she has her own thing she does, but she's with somebody who has a big career and, and she loves the fact she has this secret investment. God, I want to know who it is now. (laughs) My brain's going into overdrive. Um, what was I going to say to you? Um, so we've talked about the tipping point of your business. Uh, do you think the industry has changed hugely? In terms of the makeup industry? The yeah, I mean, just sort of... Yes, yeah. definitely. Fashion, I mean, I think makeup. that when... Um, I think the evolution of how we sell products has changed things very much. And I think in beauty, you've got, you know, when I grew up, there were the kind of what we call now as the traditionals like the Estee Lauders and mm. the number sevens and and then in the 80s the Max and then the Bobby Browns and then suddenly there was the you know I think Mac was the first time a brand came along in the 80s where you and I probably had had 10 different things in our makeup bag and we decided seven of them should be from Mac including spice and whatever yeah, it was yeah, that yeah. very yeah. defining moment and no competition and then I think I until spice, God, yeah, yeah you remember yeah, yeah. and then I think until Charlotte Tilbury came along there were lots of lovely brands but nothing as impactful and that had a huge impact and that was red carpet dressing and be glamorous and be fabulous and you too can look like this Hollywood star and really aggressive growth Mm -hmm. in that you know and and she did lots of rounds investment grew very quickly then you had on on skincare you had you know we had very traditional things and then we had doctors brands like you know dr seabag and then we had the ordinary come and the ordinary was very changing in cosmetics because it introduced to the woman in the street the concept of singular ingredients in skincare which hadn't been around until then we just got a moisturizing moisturizer and a mm, sort of mm. maybe we knew vitamin c and spf and they started talking about buffet and reversatol and you know acids and ph ah and you just suddenly thought oh my god there's so much more and also it was under 10 pounds so i think that had a huge impact on waking up for women the concept of i should be more specific about my skincare and what i layer and what i put on but also brought confusion um and i think then with glossier in that kind of really digital first kind of beauty brand you had makeup that was you know makeup it's sort of skin care first and then makeup but you know things for a millennial generation yeah. and a generation really Z now actually not millennial and Z um, and so I, I looked at all those and I felt very much that you know my I did this talk at Women's Wear Daily last month in New York and it was a, at a beauty forum and my they said what do you want to talk about and I said I, I want to call it how to market to the invisible woman because I think I felt that as much as my audience is very much, you know, 15% are in 20 to 30, 20% to 30 to 40, you know, it was kind of really spread across. There is, especially loving it, the sort of 40 plus woman. And she does, to an extent, feel invisible because she'll see brands that don't necessarily, you know, especially in this Instagram age, either they're filtered 
mm. incredibly or they're old-fashioned traditional things she feels I don't want to repeat my mum you know but what's for me and who's mm. talking to me and I don't know if I want the tokenism of Helen Mirram and Jane Fonda to sell me my L'Oreal skincare products. the key thing is who's talking to me yeah who's talking you to know, me you know it's that same old thing yeah. you know like on QVC which I've been doing for years I'm talking to her at yeah. home I'm not talking exactly. to someone sitting next to yeah. me and it's interesting because this this thing that I'm doing at the moment one of the chapters is invisibility you know oh, okay. it's very weird we yeah. were talking about it yesterday yeah. um do you have one quote like you know I have a quote do you have a quote that stands out of who you are or what your brand is or mine is nothing's too big but nothing's ever big enough <laughs> oh okay <laughs> well mine is it's more than just makeup if I talk about Trini London you know it's a way of it's mm. a way of feeling but I, my thing is you never know what's behind the closed door. Because I feel there's been times in my life when I've felt there's nothing there, perhaps, you know. And you never know what's behind the closed door. Yeah, you've never reached the top. Yeah. It's forever. Yeah. But you, know? you also, it's that sense of, for women who might feel despair or, you know, I can't see that anything's going to come in that's going to help it. And you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So I do... So Listen when you're overwhelmed, do you panic, stop, take time, travel, eat, shop, or sleep? I or all of them. Tidy out my wardrobe, mm. just like calmly and obsessively. I, <laughs> calmly and um, obsessively. <laughs> until a few weeks ago, I'd have a cigarette. Um, I will be this is something I just enjoy doing a lot but Lila and I visit my mum who has um, Alzheimer's she's in a home outside London and when we go there it's quite you know it's quite stressful Mm. it's not cathartic Uh. being with her because it's seeing somebody totally change and it's quite you know it's not I don't find the easiest thing but we listen to incredibly loud music in the car (laughs) and we and we sing and that makes me feel you know, like when you feel you're so in tune. Mm. That's how I feel so in tune in that moment with Lila in the car. Amazing. What are your dreams going forward? Silly little one is to own my own house because I sold my house to keep the business going when before I had yeah, done that yeah. fundraise. So I don't own a home. And I think that, you know, you'd always feel age 56, you should own a home by now. Yeah. And I don't. And I want you to want be that. able to own a home. It's a silly thing. It's a huge thing. It's I live thing. with my with my partner. And um, irrelevant that I do or don't, I want to have you that. You want to have that. I just want to have that. You yeah. will. You mm. will. Do you relate to these words? Tenacity, courage, passion, focus, determination, fear, competition, good, bad, and hope. In what respect? Just in, you know, all of those words. Do you feel like you're tenacious in the way that you do business? Do you think you're courageous? Obviously, you're passionate, you're focused, determination, fear. Are there any of those things that you don't feel? Or are they all... I have to read them. <laughs> <laughs> um, competition. I feel like I've never liked that sense of competition. I don't like that in in people or just kind of that... You know, I, so so not um, determination. I am very determined. I'm very passionate about what I do. I do have courage. I am tenacious. I can be full of fear, and I do hope. I I, I I'm I'm very hopeful. Yeah, that's good yeah. then. So what's next for the Trini Empire? Oh, there's quite a few things next, <laughs> but um, but all good things. All good it's things. All yeah, exciting. Yeah, it is, and um, 
you know, yeah, very exciting. Sometimes you get to a stage like you must feel this when you're going to a new aspect of your business, you're going to introduce something entirely new to that business. And for the wood for the trees, you need to think, because I think with the stack, I had that idea for so many years, and now I'm going to in something else to do slightly with what I'm doing. Um, and I know I'm as passionate about it. But the execution, you know, it's like, what is the hook of the execution? And I'm still figuring out what is the hook of the execution because I know what the products are going to be. I know, you know, I just need, it's like I need, I need to in my head know the story of exactly how I'm going to offer the solution to women. Should I tell you what you should do? What? Go on holiday. Mm. Stop <laughs> thinking and it will come to you. Yeah. Maybe that's the yeah. answer. I don't know now if I want to be on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Drag you out there. Yeah. Well, listen, I have to say, it's been amazing. I'm just always inspired and I, I love success of other women. I just, I thrive off it. And, you know, we've all been around each other in various different, mm -hmm. you know, areas in our life. And I just sort of look now with such joy at, at people and you and what you've achieved. And walking in here today, I honestly, I kind of had shivers up my arm. So it's brilliant. And mm. I shall go and use the polyfiller tonight. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Miracle Blur. Thank um, you Thank very you, Kelly, much. for having me Thank on. Thank you. Mm -hmm.